Welcome back, everyone, to the Keys Weekly Sports Wrap with Coach McDonald, the only place to get your Florida Keys prep sports news and history. You can find this podcast every Thursday at the Keys at keysweekly.com. Please share and like. You can find me on Facebook at Florida Keys and Key West High School Sports History. You can also listen to this podcast on the radio Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. WKWF AM 1600 and WKWF FM 103.3 FM. Woo, welcome back, everybody. I'm really excited today. I'm recording this podcast. Uh, Recorded it yesterday. The podcast comes out on Thursday. I'm recording it Wednesday afternoon because I have a very special guest coming on the podcast today. And that is NFL player Colin Thompson, tight end for the Carolina Panthers, who's coming to Key West with a bunch of other guys for the Key West Junior Football League is putting on a football camp. So mark your calendars. It is February 4th, and we're going to talk about that fantastic opportunity for our youth in a few minutes. But first, let's talk about some bigger things. Well, let's talk about some other things going on, not necessarily bigger, but big news in prep sports right now has to be the Coral Shores Hurricane basketball team. They are the king of the keys. There's no other way to say it. Uh, Last night or two nights ago, they ended up beating Key West High School at home, 75-58. So right now, they have beat Key West twice, and they have beat Marathon once. Now, for all intents and purposes, that's going to make them the unofficial king of the keys. They they should they should knock on wood, although in this type of rivalry, you never know. They should beat Marathon for their last game, and that should complete it. But man, Coach Mandozi is strong this year. With that win, gives them seven in a row. They haven't lost since Christmas break. The last time they lost, they lost to a team in upstate, upstate Washington state that far. And that's the last time they lost. And that was right around Christmas time. So the Coral Shores basketball team, the boys basketball team is just doing a great job this year. Again, this is, this is big news. You know, we cover all the key sports, but when you think about it, coach Mandosi last year swept marathon and swept key West. They beat key West in key West and at home. This year, they've completed the sweep against Key West High School, and they're looking to complete the sweep against Marathon High School and and head coach Kevin Freeman over there. I mean, that's, that's, I'm trying to think, you know, obviously you expect Key West to to win that game eight times out of ten. You know, Key West is is a bigger school, and so you sort of expect that. But for Coach Mandozi to do that for two years in a row is just unbelievable. Some of the players for Coral Shores High School, Isaac Rivera's having a big year this year. There's a couple of guys that played on the football team that are playing on the basketball team. Uh, the, The major player for Coral Shores High School, is Isaac Holmes. He was a standout football player for the Hurricanes this year. He's 6'2", 210-pound junior, is having a big year in basketball for Coral Shores. He's really the guy that that's making everything happen for them. So I would definitely, definitely check them out if you get an opportunity to. You know, if you're somewhere in the Keys, make it a point 
to see them play this year because I think that they have a good chance of making a very, very strong postseason run. And, you know, here at the podcast, we root for all the all the keys teams and Coral Shores right now, the basketball team, Coach Mandozi playing lights out. So Games going on this week. Uh, let's see. Today on Thursday, Coral Shores Girls and Boys Basketball is going to Hillel to play at 6 and 7.30. Marathon Girls Basketball, it's their senior night. And uh, actually, congratulations to Coach Andre. You know, you guys heard him on the podcast. We're talking about Andre Garvey, marathon running back, class of 97, one of the greatest running backs to come through the keys, is coaching that girls basketball team tomorrow night is their senior night, and uh, they have also swept Key West girls' team, and they have beat Coral Shores one time. So Andre's girls' team has a chance to be the, I guess you would say, the queens of the Keys for girls' basketball. If they are if they are able to beat Coral Shores, they're going to be able to sweep both, and that's going to be big for Coach Andre and the girls tomorrow, 5 p.m. at home. All the school's soccer districts are all to be determined. I know that uh, today's Thursday when the podcast comes out, Mary Marathon and Coral Shores are both playing right now as I record this on Wednesday afternoon. I'm not sure when Key West is playing theirs. The girls are playing uh, today, Thursday, so we don't have that information yet. Key West boys basketball is at home on the today against uh, Miami Christian at 7.30 p.m. Coral Shores girls basketball on Friday is home against Florida Christian, 5 p.m. Key West and Coral Shores wrestling will be traveling to Palmetto Ridge this weekend. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed the podcast with Chaz Jimenez. Coach Chaz, I know it was it was a lot of fun for me to go down memory lane and talk to Coach Jimenez about his past when he was a prep player at Key West High School and a young Coach McDonald coached him and, 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 and his team. I was a defensive line coach then and I had a lot of fun coaching and I really enjoyed my time coaching back then. Um, you know, we'll get on a tangent about that. That was a really fun season at Key West High School. We really didn't talk about it too much. I brought up two things from that season, but I'll cover a little bit more of that. I think it was the 1999 season um, was a big year for us. We went we went seven and three in the regular season and end up going to the playoffs and losing to Rockledge. And actually, that would be the 2000 season. It was the 2000 season. Um, you know, just a great bunch of players, a great bunch of coaches and some really memorable games. You know, I talked to him a little bit about that season. And the real thing that really stands out to me is uh, just going and playing at Stoneman Douglas and able to, to beat that much bigger team. Um, we ended up playing, you know, the big rival back then was Pace, and they were really tough at football, and we ended up getting a, a win against Pace that year. Um, and really, Gulliver came down, and they had they had two big players that year. They had Buck Ortega, who was their quarterback. And Buck Ortega's dad was Ralph Ortega, and Ralph Ortega played at Coral Gables when Coral Gables was really running things in in Florida high school football. And Buck Ortega was an All-American linebacker. I'm sorry. Ralph Ortega was an All-American linebacker, and his son Buck was playing quarterback at Gulliver. And he later went to University of Miami and played tight, played tight end there. Now, Sean Taylor, he wore number one when he was at Gulliver. And he played wide receiver, running back on offense, 
and he played free safety on defense. And it was a classic game down there, man. Down in Key West, it was a hot night. I remember Gulliver had a bunch of guys going both ways. We had a bunch of guys going both ways, and it was a battle. Early on, early on in the game, you know, we I think we end up, Key West ends up scoring a touchdown, and, and we're up, and everybody's fighting back and forth. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'll, I'll put him out there a little bit. Our quarterback that year was fantastic. Rock, LaRock Osborne, Rock Osborne was an unbelievable quarterback and he had a great game that game. And, you know, he put a ball up and it was, it was like a bomb and Sean Taylor intercepts it. And I can still see it from this day today, Sean Taylor, you know, he probably ran 250 yards to score this touchdown. He went back and forth, back and forth and made everybody miss. And, you know, the game was tied for a real, real, real long time. And then towards the end of the game, you know, the defenses were playing strong. And, and Buck Ortega, he dropped back for a pass. Sean Taylor just ran a fly. And Buck Ortega just threw it about 55 yards in the air, hit him right in the hands, and he went. And that's how that game ended, 14-7. Gulliver ends up winning the state championship that year, I think, in 2A. And, you know, Key West loses to the 2A state champion 14-7. And that, that was a good year. Real real strong team, you know, great running backs. I remember Jimmy Green playing running back on that team, just being unbelievably tough kid that would just take hits like you would not believe. He was not the biggest running back. And Mikey Edwards played running back on that team. And, and he was really tough, too. Just really good offensive line, really good defensive line. And a lot of that came... From the amount of work that they put in and the amount of time they put in, the number of camps that they went to and playing in the junior football league and and really working out and really lifting weights. And just you'll hear a little bit about that and a lot more from Coach Jimenez about his wrestling career and his time at FIU. So you guys could go back and listen to that one if you want. Sorry about the tangent. A couple more. Let's let's profile a couple more games. Marathon is at Palmer on uh, Saturday on the 27th. Key West High School is home on the 28th against uh, Blanche Ely High School. Key West girls weightlifting is having districts. Marathon Coral Shores is having districts in Miami. Both teams are leaving on the, all three teams are leaving on the 28th. On the 30th, Ransom is going to host Key West in boys basketball. Coral Shores is going to be at home against Silver Palms on the 31st. Marathon is going to have Redlands Christian on the 31st. And February 1st, here we come. Boys basketball for Marathon, home against South Homestead. Key West High School is going to be at Keys Gate on the 3rd of February. Coral Shores Boys Basketball will be home against Marathon on the 3rd. And Key West will be wrestling is going to Clay High School. That's a long trip. I think that's close to Jacksonville. So... Coach Jimenez is going to be putting some time in the bus on the third. They're traveling up there and, and wrestling's doing a great job in Key West and Coral Shores. And that's what's going on this week as far as prep sports goes. I hope you guys are all excited about it as I am. I'm really looking forward. I was just at a faculty meeting today at school, which are always great. Love those. And then I went outside and baseball was practicing. You know, the spring sports are starting to 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 bloom I'm going to say you know boys weightlifting starting to go and and I saw the baseball practicing is, is starting to get ready you know they're talking here about track going at marathon so you know basketball and soccer and girls weightlifting they're starting to advance in their districts 
and the spring sports are starting. That means summer's in the air. So with that in mind, let's talk about football season. And next up, we have NFL alum Colin Thompson talking about February 4th football camp. All right, just like I was talking about before, we have NFL alum free agent Colin Thompson on the show. How you doing today, Colin? I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. This is like, I just want to thank you for coming on. You're the first like current NFL guy that we've had on the podcast. So thanks for coming on. Everybody in Monroe County, Key West to Key Largo is grateful to have you on. And, and we've been looking forward to this one. Now you're here for a reason. And it is the Thompson Family Football Camp Saturday, February 4th. What's going on? Yeah. So, I mean, I think really what's going on and I, I want to backtrack because I'm not just some random NFL guy coming down, plopping a camp into Key West and, you know, on a vacation. Key West is kind of a place, it's like a second home where I grew up. My uncle was stationed at Boca Chica Air Force back in the 80s. And he's like, called my dad, who was dating my mom at the time, was like, hey, man, you got to come down here and check out this place from Philly, where I'm from. And kind of the rest is history. You know, my uncle and aunt own a bar in Key West called Shots and Giggles. You know, our friends are owners of the Half Shell Raw Bar and the Green Parrot and like places I grew up going to, like Staples of the Keys. Um, you know, my the friends of mine own and operate Alamorada Times. Uh, so we're just like embedded in local business down there. Uh, my mother's had retail stores in Key West. Um, they've done work in philanthropy down in Key West. My parents, uh, along with Steve Kibbe and, and Hanya, his wife, at Shots and Giggles. So like this is like a home away from home for me not really a it's a vacation spot sure because of where it is and the things you can do there but um you know i've trained in key west i played hockey at the roller rink growing up in key west so it's like a home away from home and truly um, a place i love near and dear to my heart so yes i'm having a thompson family football camp down there and we're trying to get as many local businesses involved as possible it's a free camp for kids saturday february 4th 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. Uh, we're asking campers to get there around 11:30. Register online, notforlongmedia.com. You'll see the tab there for football camp. It's notforlongmedia.com forward slash football dash camp. You go on there. You can register. If anybody wants to volunteer for the camp, just come hang out. You know, break down the event that starts at 10. You know, excuse me, put the event out at 10:30 a.m. We're going to get everything rocking and rolling at Truman Waterfront Park there. Uh, all the way down in Key West there at Truman, uh, at Truman Attics. Um, so we're going to start at 1030, setting things up. We're going to break things down at 2 o'clock. Uh, we're going to have food for the kids, food for the staff members, um, trying to get as many local coaches and and high school players in the area down to come help with the camp. And then really the camps for any kid from the age of 5 to 14 years old for volunteers. Kids get T-shirts and swag bags and signed pictures. Um There'll be a photo, photo a photographer there. There'll be a DJ there. We're just trying to make it fun for the kids. I've been to a bunch of camps and helped my buddies out. And I always wanted to do my own camp. And I kind of do an end-of-the-year trip with our um, Carolina Panther tight ends every year in Key West and kind of celebrate the season. We did it last year. And I looked around halfway through, and we were enjoying all the fun that Key West had to offer. I'm like, you know, we should get back to the kids down here. Let's do a camp. So myself. My NFL buddies, NFL coaches, college coaches, uh, they're flying down. There'll be about 10 of us, give or take, that are going to be coaching the camp. And then a lot of people are going to be volunteering, um, donating their time, resources, 
sponsoring the event. Um, if you don't mind, I'm going to just run through them Please real quick. Do. I'll, mostly Key West. Shots and Giggles in Key West. Actually, my friend Los Gringos, which is in Tampa, he's providing all the food and coming down for that event. Denny's in Key West. Lost Boy Creation in Key West. Our NFL Players Association is going to be involved. Fuel Hunt, they're from Philadelphia. We went to the same high school. They are donating all the T-shirts, Actions Over Words in Cape May, New Jersey. They are donating stickers. Naturally, Danny Seo, who's done amazing work in Key West with his magazine. He's donating protein, puck, protein bars. Uh, we have chips being donated from Mosaics in Chicago. Little White House subs in Key West is involved. EssentiaWater.com. They're donating all the water for the event. Tropical Vibes, Cones, and Bowls. Um, their local, you know, kind of um, ice cream cones, uh, uh, acai bowl place down in the Keys. Um, they're, um, you know, they're bringing their food truck down for the kids. And then Lokai, which is a bracelet, they're donating some things too. So we have a bunch of sponsors, a bunch of local people getting involved. I know I'm extremely long-winded, but that's what the podcasts are for, trying to get all the information out for the camp. We have all the time in the world. And I'd like to reiterate one thing just so everybody knows, because um, I spent some time coaching in the Key West Junior Football League. My oldest son um, played in the Junior Football League for a long time. A lot of people would assume that the camp is going to be at the Junior Football League field, but it is not. It is going to be at the Truman Waterfront Park. Is that correct? Yep. It's going to be at Truman Waterfront Park all the way down there, right through Truman Annex. Mm-hmm. enter Truman Annex right past the Green Parrot go through Truman Annex it's back there on the left right before the amphitheater beautiful field right on the water really accessible tons of parking there's a bunch of space there it's kind of why we decided to go there yeah that, that that's a great spot a million years ago they used to have like a fair there and it was like the most fantastic thing in the world but that was a different time so um we had talked about before is uh Key West's own Key West High School leading rusher Mackay Sargent going to be in attendance Yes, he's going to be helping us with the camp as well. That that's that's fantastic. Um, so Makai is going to be there. There's going to be a lot of other NFL players. There's going to be local coaches, and what a great opportunity for the kids of the Keys because you know, Colin, it, it sounds like you were you were sort of a traveling man as a kid. You know, you were going from Philly to Key West, and who knows where you were living in Philly. But for a lot of our kids in Monroe County, they don't have that access to these types of camps and they don't have that access to this kind of instruction. So this is a great opportunity for our kids to get coached by NFL players, by college players, by all sorts of knowledgeable people. And they can get these skills that they could take with them to Key West high school or marathon high school or Coral Shores high school. Yep. And I think too, it's just the passion and love for the game is what we want to share. There's great coaches down there. There's great youth programs down there. Obviously, you're involved in it. We have so many people, boots on the ground down there, who are helping me out trying to get this thing go. People I haven't even met yet. You know, that Makai's like, hey, listen, they help me with my camp. They're good people. Then my uncle, you know, Chuck and Eagle Steve is like, hey, talk to these people. They're going to help me with this. Jeremy Ashby, who's a Key West guy who's mm-hmm. helping with a ton of stuff. There's so many people that are helping me do this, but it's just showcasing the key, showcasing that things can be done like this down there and then giving the kids access to have some fun, get a good meal, you know, enjoy football and, and, you know, know that, you know, the league and, you know, Makai's had camps there, but we also care about it too. I think having him there is massive. He's a key West legend. Well, I think the, the, the thing that a lot of people don't realize Colin is that when you 
bring something like this to the keys, the community will rally around it. There'll be all sorts of people that see the value in this. They want it and they're going to do everything that they can to make it possible. So I think as a community, we need to support this camp Saturday, February 4th. Now it starts at 12. People should probably show up there about 1130. Is there a little pre-registration for it? Yeah. So it's just going to be getting everybody organized. You tell people 1130, you know, people show up between 1130 and noon. The camp's right. going to start right on, right on the dot at noon. So we can get as much football in as we can. It's, it's only a two hour camp. I want to get everybody in, get some great work in and then get out by two, make sure everybody's fed as they leave. Um, but the best thing you can do though, if you want to volunteer is go to the website, not for long You're going to see football camp, not for long That's my media company. We just have a football camp tab in there. And then, volunteers do that and then for the campers for the kids there's a barcode there you can if you see the um uh, you know kind of our brochure anywhere you can either scan the barcode or go to the website and just join on there we're trying to really encourage people to register it just kind of organizes everything (laughs) for us Uh, so i feel sorry for you sir no no, I, I do great. because this is a, this is a fantastic thing that you're doing 100% and you want people to pre-register, but I guarantee you, you're going to have, I'm going to be the guy showing up with, well, okay, can I have a pen and pencil? Where's the paperwork? You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's okay with us. It's yeah. not very little. And what we're going to do is uh, we're planning for about 30 walk-ups. So if you want to walk yeah. up, we're never, we're not going to turn anybody away. We may not have enough t-shirts for everybody, but you can come and do the camp for sure. I'll give you the shirt off my back. You can have a great time. Maybe a little big on you, but you can wear the shirt for the kids that want to join. So, so, uh, this is February the 4th, correct? Yep. Saturday. It is. It is. That's why I was like, I need you. Ha- I need to have you on the podcast this week so it could play for a full week and change so everybody could hear it. But now I'm fascinated about something, Colin. Take me back in time. So, you know, you've been coming here. You said you played hockey here. What 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 are like your first memories like about you? You're growing up in Philadelphia. You come to Key West the first time. What do you remember? Wow. There's a lot of great memories. You know, one of my favorite places on the earth is the half show raw bar because I, you know, got to know so many people there, you know, Joe Meyer, the bartender there and his wife, Michelle, they've been there my entire life. So my parents like going there for happy hour and having drinks and having good meals. And I would go hang out with my dad and Steve Kibbe who's now the owner of shots and giggles used to be a bartender there. And he would take the football out of the back of his Jeep and we'd have this football catch right in front of the half shell for like 30 minutes on his break. Um, so I have those memories. I have the memories of trying to get down there, which was so hard at the time. Now it's so easy. As everybody knows in the Keys, there's flights everywhere. But, you know, we used to fly into Fort Lauderdale and then take this little puddle jumper and, like, bop along the water. It felt like <laughs> on the way down to Key West. Um, let's see, first, tons of tons of memories. We, uh, you know, used to just walk through town and see the beauty, you know, beauty of Truman Annex and just beauty of Key West and getting involved in local charities and, kind of getting immersed in the community down there. There's really just been so much uh, driving down the keys, stopping for places to eat, you know, staying in different places. I've been fortunate enough, like, like I said, to be able to travel down there, get down there and meet all the wonderful people. The community is really, really cool. A lot of people touch and go. I don't, and I get yeah. flying in the weekend, you flying for a week and you leave, but to be able to get immersed with the community down there, the kind of people, the really hardworking class, providing for their families, providing for the community. The community really gives back. That's the common 
theme of the place. Um, you know, whether you're a single bartender or you're a parent or you're whatever it is, everyone's chipping in to give back to the you know, local SBCA, get back to, you know, building the reefs, get back to the high school programs. That's why I was like so drawn to having a camp here and going a place where I grew up really, uh, you know, a month a year we were going down on and off, whatever it was. And to be able to get back and, and tie the local community in and local businesses into the camp has been such a joy. And the fun part is it's just the first year we're coming back next year. This is just, you know, our first run at it. I could, I, I see it getting better over time. So what was your, what was the longest amount of time that you spent down in Key West at one, at one during one block? I would say two months. Wow. Okay. Probably t- two months. And then uh, my wife and I try to spend about a month to two, about a month, about a month down there. My family's down there um, right now. So yes, of course it's vacation for us, but mm-hmm. it, it's, it's more than that. It's community. It's getting involved. It's, you know, charitable works. It's just hanging out enjoying the beautiful you know, fishing and all the things that everybody enjoys down there when they live down there. But us kind of, tourist half local vibe whatever we like to call ourselves um you know it's just been a really great place and they've you know the community's adopted us and it's been an absolute blast i know exactly what you're talking about about those little tiny airplanes you fly into fort lauderdale and then you air oh man you get into the airplane and then like what really freaked me out the first time a million years ago was the fact that there wasn't any door between you and the pilot you could just see right out the front window no, I know. I remember Ugh. one day they were like, hey, listen, we got to balance the plane out. Uh, we need someone who's my dad's a really big guy and all his buddies are big and we're flying down and we need someone to balance it out. So they put my my mom's like, what, what do you mean? I'm not going in the front seat. They're like, well, we got to put your son there. So they put me in the front seat. She's like, do not touch the joysticks. Like literally they're right moving right in front of me. Like, you know, they had double pilot joysticks. I was like, all right. So I flew next to the pilot. You know, not even thinking about it. Just one pilot, a little quick hour flight down. But it yeah. was uh, it was eventful. That was, you know, a different Key West end growing up. It was it was obviously quieter, more mellow, but it's still the same place. And everybody says things change and all that. But that's how everything is. It yep. still holds its charm, in my opinion. It, know, it's still a, it's still a lot different than anywhere else in the world. That's right. It's still the southernmost point in continental United States. It's not changing. So during this, this time period, these times that you've been down here for long periods of time or on other trips. Now, were you ever able to get out and watch a Key West baseball game or a basketball game or a football game? Have you ever seen any of the high school sports? No, sadly I have not. And that's, that is a major regret. I know that baseball is huge down there. I do wear the Key West Conks hat Mm -hmm. pretty frequently. The classic. Um, Yeah, the classic. I wear it as much as I can. I try to pay some homage to it, but it's, it's kind of hard, especially in the off season, we get down there. But this trip, I'm making it a point to go to some, whether we're going to a basketball game, whatever's, whatever's going on right now, we're going to try to get to a game, get out there and just kind of feel the community and feel the vibe. Basketball's going on right now. Dexter Butler's the head coach at Key West High School. He's, he's a first-year coach, and his dad is the greatest basketball player. Listen to this. He's the greatest basketball player to come out of marathon bar none. He wins the state championship as a sophomore. His junior year, he goes to the state finals and you know, his senior year, he's about two games out of the state championship. He goes to college. He goes to junior college and his teammate is Laker great Bob McAdoo and Dexter's dad 
averages more points in two years at the junior college than Bob McAdoo. Wow. Then he goes to Louisville and plays for Denny Crum. This guy, Bill Butler, the court's named after him. When you go, you're going to see his name on the court. He's a 6'2 power forward with like a 42-inch vertical leap. He does great at Louisville and actually has a tryout at the Atlanta Hawks, but he's a 6'2 power forward. So he ends up coming back to Key West and building the basketball team there and taking his taking his own team to the state finals and, and losing like in two. 2000 but you definitely want to check out a basketball game i mean you know all the game any kind of sport down there is going to be unbelievable like if you could go if you could go on youtube you know key it says kwhs live and that's the key west high school you know all these schools have it now colin where they have all of their games are pretty much on youtube for free but which is great oh, what a great way to grow the sport mm-hmm. right like for parents for for you know for Obviously, for advertisers, is really cool, too. It's a great way to bring second income back for the schools and for the programs to support them to have better travel, more food, and whatever that may be. But it's great, too, for family, for friends, people that want to support the program. So you know, I appreciate the shout-out to it. I'm going to check it out. It is. And then, like, if you really want to see something unbelievable, I'm telling you right now, if you go, you could go, you know, and in the last couple of years they've been doing it, but to any of their homecoming games, Colin, and you take a look at the Key West High School homecoming halftime uh, festivities, you will not believe it. It's, it's probably, it's been the same way probably for 70 years, maybe more. Maybe closer to 100 because Key West High School is open like, you know, in the 1915 or something like that. So it's an unbelievable scene. You know, it's 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 a little feel bad for you. It's a little bit too early. Baseball is literally just starting practice right now up here in Marathon. Our team just started practicing. Same with Key West High School. So you're not going to be able to catch a baseball game yet. But if you could catch a baseball uh, basketball game right now, I would totally, totally recommend it. Yeah, I'm looking at the schedule right now. <laughs> Keyschools.com. First day of baseball, softball, and lacrosse. Yeah, the 23rd. So I'm in. Though. I'll get. I'll catch a basketball game for sure. It's Easy so. Sell. It's so. It's so much fun. And I'm going to tell you, you're not going to believe this. Don't eat before you go, because they have some really like you're going to. You can get yourself some conch fritters in the concession stand. You know, depending on the night you're going to get something. And the, the concession stand there at basketball and baseball and football is just one of the tops in the country, probably. So we're talking about, I love it. we're going to transition, transition this to food. Cause I'm always fascinated by this, by like people that come down the keys all the time. You know, you were saying a little bit ago about, you know, you drive down, you stay at different places, you eat at, at your restaurants. What are some of your all time favorite restaurants up and down the keys? Oh, wow. This, what are my, some of my favorite restaurants up and down the Keys? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll say this. We love Alabama Jack's mm-hmm. uh, all the way up. You know, that's great. And, you know, near Ocean Reef Club there. Um, let's see. My wife's singling to me here. The Hog in uh, Almorada. Mm-hmm. Is Hog Heaven. Hog Heaven. Hog, Hog Heaven. Heaven. Yes, that's been there forever. Ever. We love stopping there. And then Key West. I love Hog. And Hog Stock Island. Hogfish is great. Mm-hmm. Roostica is great. Uh, let's see. QS. Yeah, you know, obviously, Blue Heaven's a probably tourist trap. I get that. But their food is still delicious. I love their food. Sitting at the inside of the bar there, sneaking in when the crowds are crazy, walking into the bar. Uh, kind of a uh, – Eaton Street Market's good. Prime 951's really good for steak. If you can get out the latitudes on Sunset Key, that's great. Uh, 
still love Pepe's. Like for me, yeah. I love sitting outside of Pepe's. Um, love that. Me so happy is really good in Key West for to get sushi. Um, okay, Mr. Z, Mr. Z. Oh yeah, so I could go all day. Long. Yeah, no, now I got something more. A little bit. I'm a little bit more interested in this one. What's What's your favorite one from back in the day? What's your favorite one that's not open anymore? What's my favorite one that's not open anymore? Mm-hmm. Certainly there had to be a place back then. I'm trying to think. Uh, well, we used to love going to Turtle Crawls and eating yeah. chicken enchiladas. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were really good. Charlie Max, which is next to the Green Parrot. Yeah. I used to love their smoked wings uh, and going in there. But yeah, probably TK's of all the places. You know what's a good one that closed down? What's it's that? PTs. Oh, PTs. oh, love that. I actually, Late night. <laughs> I had my, I, I had my, that, I had my wedding reception there. There you go. We, I would say. Yep. I loved say PTs. 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 Well, B.O.'s Fish Wagon still awesome. Yep. Still there. But it's yep. been there forever. And con- that's my favorite sandwich on the planet, the Conkfritters mm-hmm. or the uh, Crack Conk sandwich. But um, yeah, I would say PTs was so good going in there and getting the fajitas. Love that. Turtle Crawls was great. And then Charlie Max with great wings. I loved it there. PT's was like the most consistently good restaurant. Like you yeah, never had a, well, yeah, nothing was bad. The gentleman at Hog, Hogfish owned, used to own it, right? Uh, Bobby Mongelli. Yeah. 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 He's out there now. Now here's, here's another thing that I want to ask you about. So, you know, you're, you're, you're in these locker rooms with all these people from different areas. You know, you're, you're in university with all these different people. Yeah. Your family has business in Key West. You're going to Key West. You're telling people I'm going to Key West. What are some of the reactions you get? Do you ever get the reaction of what is that? What country is that in? Where is it? Or do people have other ideas about Key West? That's a really great question. What is everyone's reaction around the building when I bring up Key West? Everybody is a, different key west story everybody (laughs) everybody and they're all unique most of them are good they're very few bad but either somebody's going to say you know i've never been down there i want to go you know i've never been down there i hear it's just okay and i'm like perfect that's fine there's already enough people that's great i don't but everyone gets sick of me talking about it probably like i'm always wearing like a lost boys hat or a half shell raw bar raw bar hat or I'm always rocking shots and giggles t-shirts. Like, so I'm always wearing Pepe stuff. So, um, they're like sick of me for that, but the reactions are, uh, you know, I went on a fishing trip there and we had an unbelievable time. I went on a fishing trip there and I got seasick. Uh, I went down with Colin last year on the tight ends trip and it was the best trip of my life. I knew nothing about the place. I knew nothing about where we were. Um, you know, all the stories about people driving down, stopping along the way, flights getting canceled out of town. Let's see. I've got them all. Maybe walking into a bar, I'll say that maybe they're not comfortable with what's going on in there in certain parts of town. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, do, I do get that a little bit, um, which is great. And, you know, it, uh, we support everything in, in my family. So, uh, you know, it, it's definitely you get a mixed emotions. Uh, if I was there on a cruise, uh, but you get all positive feedback, but it's gotta be a certain type of guy. I think Key West is unique because it takes some, it takes some open-mindedness and maturity to you to really enjoy it and appreciate it. I think the second time you come back, you really learn to appreciate that. Like, wow, there's all these places to eat that are fantastic. 
it's probably the best place to have adult cocktails in the world. Um, it's clean. Uh, you know, the KWPD has been wonderful to me. They're going to be involved in the charitable aspect of our camp and mm -hmm. the mounted horse um, uh, stables are right there too. So we're going to support them in their camp, uh, what they do with in the communities with supporting children as well. Um, so, you know, I, I like to answer your question in a long winded way and make it short is, it's all positive. It's all fun. It always stems with new conversation right. about a late, late night or an early morning. And really just how awesome the people are there, the bartenders and servers, the kind of community. My favorite is when you literally talk to someone and you try to explain to them where you're from or where it is, and they've just never heard of it before. <laughs> yeah. You like, know. uh, even my wife who I said, yeah, we, you know, we get a QS a lot. We just started dating. This was 10 years ago. And she's all we were talking about, like, um, uh, Perdido Key up in, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. up in northwest Florida. Yeah. You know, all the way up near the, the capital, uh, more than the capital, more towards Pensacola. And I'm like, no, no, like, the end of the road, literally the end of the road. It, it, it's, it's the best. It's, it's, I kind of like how it's harder to get to now than ever, too. It's, but I agree. It's more I mean, accessible, but it's harder to get to. I agree. And I, you can't even imagine what it was like down here. You know, one of the bright, I, I hate to say this, one of the bright spots of COVID was, you know, we were living down here and, and US one was pretty much closed and there was nobody down here. There was no boats, no people, you know, just the, that was, and I've never seen the water so clear and so free of boats. And it was just, uh, what what kind of incredible place they could just go. We're going to just limit the access here completely here at US one. Um, yeah. When you talk to your football guys, when you talk to your coaches about Key West, obviously somebody's bringing up Mike Leach. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. I've seen Mike multiple times in Key West. And mm -hmm. you know, the real bummer was I've either been in the middle of something because I'm not afraid to, and people are probably listening. I'm like, man, this guy can talk. I'm not afraid to go up and introduce myself to somebody. And usually with football people, we all know somebody who knows somebody yes. who fired or hired or whatever. It's a very small community, but very big. Um, so I've always been tied up in something and I've seen them, you know, uh, and I've waved to them from a distance with my buddy after a couple of cocktails, you know, I said hello to him. And I've seen him at breakfast in the morning at uh, Harpoons in Key West. Uh, so I've seen him around town. And, uh, you know, Captain Tony's obviously has his name on a seat there. Yep. But Mike Leach, I mean, you know, I know some people that know him and would tell stories that he would, they would have whatever, uh, practice. Uh, their teams would have um, school in the morning and then in the afternoon you have practice. So he would come into the lunch and stroll in and he'd have like a napkin. And he would write the practice kind of script out on a napkin and draw up some place for practice. And that's how he went about his day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that is so opposite, folks, of uh, how yes. it really is. It's extremely organized binders, iPads, you name it. We got it. Um, we're spoiled. But um, even in Division One college football, it's like that. But yep. Mike Leach, like crazy stories. I, you know, I have a bunch of email chains together for, you know, this, this coaching, the, the, our camp. I have a bunch of email things together and, inviting coaches and people down. And I have another email chain because the Super Bowl weekend, we have like a kind of a family and friends reunion in Key West and we invite kind of come one, come all. And we have like a fishing tournament and shuffleboard at the half shell. And then we watch the Super Bowl together on Sunday. It's kind of like a new tradition that we started last year and just inviting people down and getting together. 
and I sent both the emails to kind of both of the email chains of just like, you know, RIP to Mike Leach and all the videos and the articles about him applying for the QS, yes, applying, or yes. applying for the Conks head coaching job. Yes. And all the time ESPN came down, just kind of featured him on a boat down there and kind of his pirate uh, personality. So my wife and I were talking about like this kind of paying homage to him and maybe doing like a little bar crawl uh, for him and all the places that we've seen him and the places we knew he used to go to and just the, what a perfect soul for Key West. And it's such a shame that he's gone because he's a great ambassador for the town and was so successful as a football coach. It's, it's really a shame. Ah, I, I agree. Just rest in peace, Mike Leach. I mean, what a fantastic guy, you know, after the whole, what was it? After the Texas Tech stuff, he pretty much was living in Key West for a year or two. And he used to be at the baseball field all the time, watching his kid play. Just to, he used to help out like Coach Hughes, you know, uh, at the football with Key West. And what a great guy. And like, can you imagine that, man? In 1997, he applied for the Key West High School head football coaching job and he didn't get hired. I mean, how much different would his life be? How much different would Key West be if he brought that air raid to Key West in 1997? I mean, that's life for you, man. Yeah, it really is. It's really well said. I saw that. My buddy sent me the article, you know, like everybody who's down there says, or my friends I come down that I know and. They'll say, man, we should just call it a day, move down here, you know, get a part-time bartending job and coach high school sports. I said, you know, how many people do you think say that? Everybody. And, yeah. uh, you know, Mike, it's just, it's truly a shame. I really was looking forward to kind of pulling the trigger this year and getting to know him because we know some mutual people and that makes that great connection right away. And would I love to just sit and just be quiet and just, hear what he had to say. Um, I know a lot of coaches in college football and NFL would come down and visit him. I've seen Mm -hmm. a a group of them out with him before. So he brought a lot of people to the town. It's a football town. Like our whole country is a football country. I get it. But yeah, I always tell people one of the best places to watch football in the world is Key West, Florida. Great places, obviously great weather, great time of year to get away from the cold up here. And we love watching the Super Bowl down there. We, we, we've been watching the Super Bowl down there for years, kind of my period and my off period. Sadly, I have not been in one. So mm-hmm. I get to come down and hang out. That's the perk, I guess. And uh, it's such a great football. It's a great community. I'm looking forward to, to getting to know it better. You know, I'm all in. I, I coach high school football in Cape May, New Jersey, um, which is practically a sister town of Key West. It's a huge migration from there uh-huh. to Key West every year. Another exit zero town, the southernmost point in Jersey. And, um, you know, I do it remotely. I would love to be involved in their program down there one day. Well, well, that that sounds like a great, great thing, mutually beneficial for everyone. Now, let's. I got a couple questions about good old Philadelphia. Are you ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready. You know, first of all, growing up, you know, you go to Archbishop Wood. Uh, is it safe to assume that that's like a, a suburb of Philadelphia, and that's the kind of football that you yeah. were playing? Do they pl- do they have football teams? And excuse me for my ignorance here in Philadelphia, no. PS one eighty five in Philadelphia. Do they have a football team at their high school? What's what is PS one eighty five? I don't know. I just made that up from like New York City. How they have the PSs? I just you know I'm from Miami and I've lived down here for twenty six years, so I don't know too much about the Northeast. So okay, let me rephrase this question: In downtown Philadelphia, at the high school, do they have a high school football team? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Okay, yeah, football's huge. I, I would say. 
Pennsylvania is probably in the top 10 states in the country for, for football. Um, oh, I'm with you there. Tre- yeah, I mean, just tremendous. Obviously, Pittsburgh, like the rich history of like, yeah. Mike Dicka, Dan Marino, like all these just Joe Namath. studs. That, Joe Namath, like crazy out of Pittsburgh. There's so many guys. I'm not even naming. There's tons. Right. And then really, there's been a shift actually of late um, for us in, in – um, in Philly, it's been unique of how that's kind of worked out. Philly and South Jersey, you have these programs like Archbishop Wood. We have six NFL players. Um, the big programs like St. Joe's Prep, who's got like Marvin Harrison Jr. from mm-hmm. there. Um, Jeremiah Trotter, NFL player, his yeah. son went there. John Runyon, his son went there. They're all in the league now. DeAndre Swift, who's a running back for the for the Lions, he's from St. Joe's Prep. So you have kind of this massive conglomerate. I'm trying to think Philly guys. Mike Gazeki with Miami. Yeah. Mike's a, Mike's a South Jersey guy. So there's a lot of really unique athletes in that area. Um, most of us, like everywhere, play other sports and then come back to football because, A, we were too big for one thing or too small for the other thing. So, yeah, so we were – there's, like, different levels in Pennsylvania now. It goes from 6A to 1A. My high school was a, a private Catholic uh, boys and girls school. We played in the Philadelphia Catholic League, that has a really strong basketball, um, you know, pro, you know, really division, and then it has a really strong football division too. Men and women's sports are really strong in, in the Catholic League, and then great public schools in Philly too. So, really strong athletics there. Um, actually, Ryan Bates, the right guard for the Bills, he goes down to Key West every year. I'm I'm, I'm blowing up a spot here. But he's down there every year in February, usually around the later part of February. So him and I get together down there, too. So there's a huge migration of NFL. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you something. There's there's a huge migration of like who's who. I'm going to tell you something. I am so old. I'm going to tell you this story. It was like 98 or 99. And I lived I, I lived on Big Pine for like 16 years. And I was at the light. Me and my wife were coming home. We're working at Sugarloaf. We're at the, the light at US one. And I'm telling you, Colin, in like one of those humongous 1957 Cadillacs, Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake drove right past us at the light. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Hulk Hogan. I mean, I'm a big Hogan fan, of course. Hulk Hogan used to come to Key West all the time. All of the huge stars in the world, NFL, NBA, movies, everybody. That's the weirdest thing about Key West. Like going back to what we're talking about before. Everybody has a story because everybody's gone and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you are. You you could be like, you could like, you could literally be, have no money and have the most money. And everybody's been to Key West at least one time and everybody loves it. And that's what makes it special. You know, I mean, unbelievable. Everybody ends up in Key West at one time or another, you know? No doubt. It's what we see. I mean, obviously everybody knows from me, Buffett. we've seen Kenny Chesney down there all the time. Oh yeah. Um, Kenny's always down and around and owns houses and different things there. And yeah, we're excited. We actually got tickets uh, to see Jimmy Buffett play down at the amphitheater. Right. We got in before they're like a bazillion dollars. So we're excited to see him over coming down the week after the camp. Are you going to the Thursday show or the Saturday show? I'm going to the Saturday show. Oh, I'm going to the Thursday show. Uh, bummer. Yeah. So we, we got in, we, mm-hmm. we have that kind of that official, we have like the ultimate QS day in my mind. We're going fishing in the morning. We're bringing all the food, all we're bringing all the food, uh, all the fish that we fillet from the group. We have about 20 of us going out fishing. Uh, we compete on, you know, first catch, most fish caught, you know, kind of a whole kind of fishing tournament, kind of a just yeah. you know, take pictures of the fish for, for, for it to be legal. And then, boom, take it all to the half show. We have a shuffleboard tournament there. And then we're going to Jimmy Buffett at night. So it's like the ultimate uh, Q 
USA, man. It's going to be fun. I can't wait to watch Super Bowl there. We always watch that at like Tattoos and Scars and yep. Shots and Giggles right there, kind of in that area. Well, the ultimate Key West Day determines what happens that night. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, for 100%. Um, yeah. You know, back, back to your career, you know, this is like, this podcast, we talk to a lot of high school coaches. We talk to a lot of high school players, and it, we always like to talk about their recruiting process. I see that you initially, you're one of the top tight ends in the country. I think you're number two tight end in the country. You end up breaking your foot. Um, your senior year is part of it. You still play in the Under Armour game, and you sign at Florida. So I'm sure like yeah. your junior season, your senior season, what was that recruitment process like for you? Yeah, so it, it really all kind of starts back to really eighth grade um, and, and just being like, okay, what am I going to do here? I'm a big boy. I don't want to play offensive line. I'm a tight end at heart. And I look back and wish I maybe would have played offensive line. Yeah. I'd probably make a little bit more money and uh, have a longer career in the NFL like these guys are doing now. But that's neither here nor there. Um, I'm a tight end at heart, and that's what I do now, obviously, professionally. But I decided to go to Archbishop Wood over kind of the public school that was right next to my house. It was just the right fit. It was a really hard personal decision for the high school players listening. It's kind of you got to make the tough decisions sometimes. Um, I know some of the coaches and parents listening know, agree and understand all that too. So Cause, cause I hate, right. I hate to interrupt you, but none of heart, none of our high school players in Monroe County have that issue. It's the most wonderful place in the world because either you go to Key West or you go to Marathon, you go to Coral Shores. You really you don't decide it's too far. So we don't really, yeah. we're one of the only places that really don't have a recruiting issue. Perfect. Good for you guys. Mm-hmm. You can keep guys, you can have homegrown talent. That's great. So yeah. It's a issue everywhere else, and oh yeah, there's that's a whole other debate in Pennsylvania. It's become a major issue, but you know, I, I wasn't really even recruited. They just gave me the opportunity. I was like, great, so I'm going to go here. It was the right fit for me, and I played freshman football when I was really bummed, and I thought I should have been a varsity player, but it was the best thing ever happened to me. I was able to develop, get bigger, stronger, faster, become a leader amongst kind of my community of guys, and then sophomore year just kind of popped onto the scene and you know, started playing and thought I was good and all these different things. And I got an offer from Boston College when I went to their camp and earned the offer um, at their camp. And kind of my recruitment took off from there, but I changed the player. I went from this passage and tight end to my, we had a new coach come in. That's a legend at Central Bucks West and a part of the Mike Pettin yes. legacy. Yes. Yes. I yep. saw, I saw that documentary. I, I know Isn't all that about incredible? that. Incredible. That's Highly an incredible folks. Absolutely. The last the last game, it's called. It's on yes. YouTube. You can watch it. Yes. It's tremendous. That impact on our community of football in Bucks County, where I grew up, Doolstown. I grew up five minutes from that stadium. Um, the best high school team ever for like a three or four year stretch. Yes. They undefeated. Incredible. Playing people like Bob Sanders, like yes. Mark Bolger, like just. How about that big fullback guy. they had? Dustin Pachati. Oh my goodness, what a beast! So, folks, folks that are listening, I highly, highly suggest you go back and give that a give that a chance. The last game on YouTube, and you'll be able to. It's phenomenal. If you're a football fan, it's great. Um, okay, wait a second. So we we no 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 no. no. We we got assistant, a their assistant coach there uh-huh. who was like a legend. Who was yes. the only one that didn't go to like college or pro? Was it the offensive line coach? Yes, Mike Carey was yes. my coach and changed my entire yes. life. He changed my entire life. 
Wow. That's good knowledge out of you. Bro, really I, you know what? Shout out also to Lance Martin, our athletic director. He played against them. He's from that area. He's a little bit older than me. We've talked about this team before, but how crazy is it? Like what I want to bring up is, you know, the names I don't central bucks West. The head coach is the father. His son is the head coach of the rival, but correct me if I'm wrong. The, 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 the his son ends up coaching in the NFL, right? Yeah. It was a, he went to the, so he went to be the video guy for the Ravens, never did it before, yeah. kind of applied for it, created his own way to watch film, which I think a lot of people watch film that way now. And then from there, he took off and boom, shot up the ladder, became the head coach of the Browns, defensive coordinator for the Packers. He's now a senior assistant with the Vikings. So that area, I'm talking about recruiting. Yeah. The reason why this recruiting and all happened, I was just talking about it on my show last week with a Division three player who made it to the NFL, who won two great cups, uh, Rasheed Bailey, a great great episode we had last week um about true motivation doesn't matter where you you know i mean look at makai sergeant perfect example right um kind of doesn't matter where you start it's how you finish the grind the, the, the mentality and we'll get back to the high school stuff here but tremendous career from mike Petton junior and senior but the ripple effect of other high schools that had to compete with them coaching clinics like pushing our area to get better at football mm-hmm. so you could compete with Central Bucks West. They created this unbelievable co- competition in our area. And I think you're seeing the benefits of it now. It took a couple generations because those parents are raising their kids, putting them in these youth programs. So it's very unique. I think I want to one day when I get some time, I'm going to do a whole like 10 hour special in the area because it it's bred so many athletes because of that Central Bucks West error. So the last game, check it out. Yes, Mike Carey is that man that came in when I was a junior, and he owns two local bars, businesses in town, and very successful at the New Britain Inn and the Candlewick in Doylestown, Pennsylvania. And he decided to come to Archbishop Wood and change my life. I mean, literally changed my life. Maybe a rugged blocking tight end who mm-hmm. employed me, and it's it's you know put a roof over my family's head and. And, um, yeah, I mean, that man changed my life. It's funny you said that O-line coach that was really tough with oh, the red yeah. hair. Yeah, that's him. He's still the same way. So we're still doing things together, Mike and I, and doing some mentorship for some kids in our hometown. He's a great guy. So now, long story short, Mike came in. Well, sorry, what's your question? Well, I like, I, I just want to go back because, to be honest with you, that, that documentary, The Last Game, I probably watched it a couple times. And to be honest with you, you know, my wife is sort of from that area. She's Northeast Pennsylvania. My father-in-law was athletic director, football coach, baseball coach in Mifflinville, which is near Berwick. So I know like, but there's something about that area, Colin, and I'm going to use this word. It has that Northeast hard scrabble mentality. Do you know what I mean? And I, and I think there's something about that area especially when you talk about run blocking, you talk about hitting and toughness and tackling and the things that football need. That area is a lot of those people are, are really, really into that scene because they are just tough and they are hard scrabble. Yeah. I mean, and you think it this way, it doesn't even have to be for sports. I mean, my mother who, you know, the town will get to know one yeah. day more and more. She's a unbelievable entrepreneur, never graduated, never went to college at all. And, She's been in business and been an entrepreneur and owns 20 boutiques in the Northeast and has opened up pop-up shops all over Key West for years. And she's as tough as they get. I mean, she's so resilient, unbelievable businesswoman and Karen Thompson and her LSL brands. And so it's, it's, it's a thing for the area. I went to Temple and I left Florida and we'll get into the backstory. I'll speed this story up. I'm sorry. We, we can go on forever. No, yeah. you're good. This is yeah. good. This is a part of the show. I, I, 
so when I went to Temple, like it was like this whole Temple Tough thing, and I yeah. was like kind of re, it was like a re, it's a whole new feeling. It's something about maybe the palm trees takes it out of you a little bit. I'm not saying you're not tough if you're from there, but like it was March and it's spring ball, and it's pouring rain for like literally. 40 straight days and you're like this is miserable but we have to go to work and do different things so it teaches you some things that maybe you couldn't forge in other places um well you're you're a product of your environment and florida and miami and and florida state they don't play they don't play that brand of football they don't play a toughness brand of football you know they've they've been a speed brand of football ever since i could remember and that northeast is tough so their football's tough i guess it's you know it's sort of like different foods you know what i I mean mean? it's it's very unique and and it was a very tough thing uh i loved it it was the best thing ever happened me and i'll go to my story i'll go back so the recruitment started yeah i'm sorry sophomore year no it's funny it's all good Uh uh-huh i'll just i want to speed along so good stories along the way and um, so Ryan Day recruited me to Boston College, who's now the head coach at Ohio State, and he offered me and earned the scholarship. And then Mike Carey came in, our friend from the last game, and sent for bucks left. Right. He, uh, you know, he took just took me to another level. Went from like two, three offers, and going to all these camps. I went to Pitt and worked out for this guy named Brian Angelico, who didn't even offer me. Who then went to Rutgers and then offered me at Rutgers, and then now fast forward, you know, almost ten years later, he was my tight end coach for two years with the Panthers. Uh, and him and I have a great working relationship, but so it kind of the football world's really interwoven, but, um, yeah, so got recruited and, you know, kind of came down the steps one day and I had a couple offers and talked to Nick Saban on the phone and all these coaches on the phone. And I was like, you're not going to believe it. I'm like, what's up, dad? He's like, dude, you're the number one tight end in the country. You're 83rd in the ESPN 150. Mm-hmm. It, when Twitter really was just getting started, it wasn't like this whole big thing. And I was like, wow. Um, so we ended up winning a state title that next year, which was just unbelievable. We, we won 52 nothing and in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Which oh, was yeah. So it, it was beautiful and uh-huh. cold. There's like a perfect state title and won 52 nothing, broke a state record for the largest margin of victory and uh, finished in the top 25 in the country. Um, it was just a tremendous journey and uh, played an Under Armour game, which was so, so much fun and in St. Pete in Orlando and, you know, made some plays, did well, got blocker of the game, had a nice catch. And then I dropped down the number two tight end in the country. I don't know what happened, but. <laughs> They didn't like me, I guess. And and then kind of that was kind of the bow on the career in high school. And then I was training for college and I went around a cone and boom, I broke my right foot. Mm. And uh, you never know. devastating. Had, had a call with Will Muschamp telling him I broke my foot and they were okay with it. You know, I was supposed to come in that year and that really good Sugar Bowl year at Florida in 2012 and kind of be a part of it. And um, I was, you know, I broke my right foot. I came into training camp again. It was supposed to be kind of me and Jordan Reed. And playing together and being, I was going to be the true blocking physical guy. And he was going to be the kind of the finesse player. Love Jordan. We're good buddies. And, and, um, you know, kind of long story short, it didn't work out. I broke my right foot again in camp. They put another screw in it. They redid the surgery and then they threw the kitchen sink at my feet trying to get him better. And we just weren't, it just wasn't working. And it was very frustrating. I needed some more time off. And really, Florida wasn't willing to give it to me when I had an avicular stress fracture on my left foot. So really, three breaks. In probably a year and a half after mm. the 2013 campaign, I played in three games. We lost to Miami. I played in that game. Um, oh, that was the Brock two. Berlin game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That so, was the one down in Miami. I remember that one. That, that was a yeah. Good that game. was cool. People were throwing like beer bottles at us and all. I was like, oh yeah, awesome. This it was very Northeast. I was jacked up for it. So um, <laughs> it was very Eagles Giants. You know, yes, where I grew up yes. watching. So 
yeah, so that was kind of the journey of Florida. And they just brought me into the office of doctors and said, hey, listen, you're medically disqualified. The business of football came in. They said, you know, we don't think you should play football again. We don't think you should be able to walk with, you know, you're not going to be able to walk with your kids and coach them in sports and all these things. And I was like, I think you're wrong. I'm going to go play in the NFL, so I'm going to transfer. They're like, yeah, that's the only way you can play football again is you leave this school. So it was tough, and I had some hard feelings about it, but I loved the place. I met my wife there, met all our best friends there. I still have friends with coaches, and, you know, everything's all good now. We moved down the road, and it's a part of the game. But, yeah, so I went to Florida, and then Matt Rule, who was my head coach in Carolina, he offered me a temple. I went home to Temple and played three years there. And that was just a crazy, crazy journey and won a conference championship. Coach Rule went on to Baylor. Um, I went on to play for um, the New York Giants and Ben McAdoo and had an emergency appendectomy, got cut uh, for a non-football-related injury. Uh, there's a theme here, kids, about pushing through a lot of things mm-hmm. and staying focused on your goal. And then I went to uh, the Bears, played for John Fox his last year in the Bears for about eight weeks on the practice squad. And then I was with Matt Nagy. I got cut the day they traded for Khalil Mack, went home. I was out of pro football for two years. I worked in retail, worked in finance. I did color commentary uh, and play-by-play for Temple Football on the radio and traveled with the team. Started my media company, Not For Long Media, um, really just trying different things. I played in the AAF in the Birmingham Iron. I played on the team that Trent Richardson was on. And then I went on to play in the XFL and made a bunch of connections through there and played well and then Matt Rule turns around from Baylor, turned that program around. He ended up in Carolina, and they brought me in, and I've been there for three years now. So that's kind of the quick version for everybody listening of what has kind of happened over my journey here. Um, and very blessed, you know, free agent now, and waiting to kind of see how the dust settles here after the season's over. Well, I got a couple questions for you. First of all, at University of Florida, you know, I mean, it was a no Gators. Yep. It was an eye-opening experience for me as a father because, you know, my son, uh, he actually played quarterback at Marathon and he played basketball and he was like 6'4", 200 pounds. And he ends up uh, going to Florida International University, you know, like Coach Butch Davis was there and he goes there to play football. He's a long snapper and they're going to convert him to tight end. And they converted him to tight end. And after his first year, he earned a scholarship. We're all proud of him. But the, the, the point of that is talking to him, going on this ride with him and the realization of what a huge business people say it. Oh, college football is a business, but no, no, no. College football is really is a business. The only thing that really matters to coaches in college is what you can do for them as a player, you know, to, to some extent, you know, they all pretend not to, but like at the end of the day, it comes down to production and what you bring to the team. Now, my question to you is when you're at University of Florida and they come in with you and, you know, you don't have to answer this. They come in with you with the doctor and stuff. And I don't know, were they still willing to honor your scholarship at that point? But have you just not play? Yeah. So they were going to medical disqualification, which means mm-hmm. I couldn't even walk onto the basketball team. I considered that. I considered, well, what do I do? Shag balls for the baseball team? Like, I. Maybe do I, do I start a media career? Do I become an agent? Because they're going to pay for my schooling. I right. wanted to go. They were going to pay for it. Uh, meal plans, per diem, all the things that I was getting as a player, they were going to honor, which is respectable, very respectable. And that's how it goes. But they weren't going to give me an offer. So that was really mm-hmm. tough. I mean, I went to UCF because I just met my wife. I wanted to stay close. I have all right. my best friends there. Um, so, yeah, but that, nothing. No one offered me a scholarship other than Temple. Hey, really. it only takes one. On spot. That's it, man. I yeah. went from 30 to, to one. And 
I mean, for the kids and the parents listening, like it's a long journey. There's no right way to do it. If you truly care about, you know, your end goal or whatever that end goal is, like have your clear, clear goals laid out, write things down, have a vision board of what you want it to look like. Like that's helped me through a lot of things. Like it was always there. It was always in my face about what I wanted to get done. And, you know, it's really helped me along the way, get craft all the things that I wanted to craft, um, you know, even before 30 years old. And I was going to ask you this question and you sort of answered it and we're going to break this down a little bit. You know, I, I wanted to say to you, I don't want to offend you, sir, but you went to Temple University and in during your college career, you had 19 passes for 208 yards and a touchdown. How the heck did you make it to the NFL? And then I see 6'4", 255 and I say he must put people on their backs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I try to do it at least. You know, I. it's funny. The world we live in today is so fantasy football. How many mm-hmm. catches did you have? And, you know, it's like it's like that good point guard in high school that doesn't really fill up the stat sheet, but you know he's a really good player. And, and that's really what football is in a nutshell for every position. Certain players are going to shine and have different stats based off who the quarterback is, based mm-hmm. off the offense, the offensive coordinator. But, you know, guys, I, for the parents listening out there, for the kids listening, I had 13 catches my senior year and I was the number one tight end in the country. It does not matter. I went to camps and earned scholarships. Like there's a million ways to skin this cat of football. Mm-hmm. Don't want the numbers and those things kind of fool you. Um, because it's so, it's so, so, so true. I have people on my podcast all the time talking about their story and their journey and how, you know, their junior year in college, they're in the NFL. Now they had zero catches and they played wide receiver, mm-hmm. you know, so it's just such a journey and a, and a long grind. Um, and if you stick with it and you and you prepare yourself for those right opportunities, and, and that's kind of what happened at Temple. We were a spread offense. I had a couple catches my first couple of years there. We just were different, using different tight ends for different situations. They'd bring like a wide out end to play tight end mm-hmm. on, th- on third down and long. Yeah, I just would pass block and screens. And then you get into the NFL and everybody's trying to be this big ca- pass catcher, but there's like one or two guys per team. What are the other three guys going to be? Yeah, Yeah. you got to be able to block. You got to be able to do everything, play on special teams. And and I can catch. That's probably my best attribute, honestly. But I don't light it up on the, you know, my 40 times. So that's the whole thing of like, you got to be able to have balance and understand the game. And it's not just how what your 40 time is and how many reps of 225 you have. Like, it doesn't, at the end of the day, it's like, are you a good football player? Yeah. Are you a good basketball player? Are you a good student? You know, how are you treat your parents? All that stuff really, truly matters. And, that's what coach rule preached the whole time, you know, how you do everything is how you do anything. And that's how, you know, I got to, uh, you know, really through the NFL and have this uh, be a career. Now I'm going on my seventh year. And then also you have a media company, you're doing podcasts. You want to talk about that a little bit and sort of plug that. Yeah. So I have my own show, the Colin Thompson show. Um, and we have, um, not for long media NFL stands for not for long. So I created the <laughs> podcast when I got up from the giants. And I started not for long media. And now we have, uh, you know, seven years later or whatever it is, we have six shows. Are they all underneath of our apron? We have bars and restaurants in Key West that sponsored my show. We have, uh, you know, all different local businesses we support. Um, they're going to be media companies going to be supporting and doing some content from uh, the camp, which will be really cool. So, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. We have a baseball show. We have a all girls ran football show all about NFL. The girls kill it way more than all the guys listening about the league. Uh, we have just a, a really bunch of great content 
media members, TV personalities, and we just kind of create this like kind of family uh, of podcasts under one roof. And my show has been been a blast. We have all different type of people on from NFL players, coaches, uh, actors, you know, bartenders from Key West, businesses in Key West, Lost Boys Creations <laughs> has come on. So we have a bunch of different people on. I don't just do football. That's not really who I am. So yeah. uh, it's been fun. That's the key, man. You're going to sit down and you're going to talk to people for a living. It might, it might as well be people that are going to entertain you, entertain you. You know what I mean? <laughs> I like it. Just like your show. And you told me before, Hey man, just let's let it go where it goes. That's what I do. I, oh, yeah. I always say I do very little prep and everyone's like, well, what does that mean? I'm like, I know about the person, but I don't really prep too many questions because mm-hmm. I don't want to force anything down an alleyway. I want to just let it go where it goes and let them talk about what they want to talk about. I think that leads to the best show. More conversation. I couldn't prep for the last game documentary. Wow. What a, what a great documentary. I mean, I'm going to tell you too, I'm going to go back to that for about two more minutes. Then we got to end this, but like, what, isn't that a great look into like, this is what high school football was like in the early nineties, late eighties. You know, like, like the, the, the leaves that that I'm from Doylestown, Pennsylvania, where yeah. the show's done. I mean, I'm yeah. right there. It's just goosebumps. It's it's sold out, but like thirty thousand people. It's mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. This isn't Texas, folks. Like that's a big deal. That's more at the Eagles games back in the day when they were at you know Veterans Stadium and they stunk. Now they're gonna on their way to NFC Championship games. So, um, yeah, you're but right. But neck that's rolls, great, guys with neck, neck rolls, rolls. Their ankles are taped up. Two neck huge, rolls taped together. The huge, the huge thigh pads. Yes. Yes. Darren Picholi. Or nothing. How about nothing. how about in that in that documentary? You're gonna go deep here. Where you're watching the documentary and University of Miami legendary offensive line coach shows up, Art Kehoe, and he's yep. asking about the fullback, you know, and and they're like, oh, he's a typical Miami guy, you know what I mean? And there, he's a typical Miami guy because he was like messing around during weightlifting. Yep, and he's strong as a bull. Yeah, but he's strong as a bull. I mean, that was such a great documentary. And then you have the father coaching, the son coaching against him in the big game, and the mother just doesn't know what to do, you know? That's great. And they have, like, they're, like, brought the camera in everyone's house, and it's a true good glimpse into Pennsylvania, small town outside of a big city, but... It's really unique. It's really cool. It'll, it'll probably be never replicated again because of how unique it was. There's no phones. Like everyone's, yes. <laughs> you know, it's not done like beautifully. Like it's an old grainy film, but it's really, it's worth your time. The last game, but we, people, we, should get paid. we should get a sponsorship for this. Seriously, man, they're going to have five or six more views on this flick, man. I'm telling you. They do, they do a Mike Petten, Mike Carey, who's the coach of, refre- refre- mm-hmm. ref- excuse me, referencing and then my friend um they do a um, mike petton foundation because mike petton senior passed away mm-hmm. and they do they do a whole foundation for him and they give two athletes from central bucks west, uh, west excuse me scholarships every year um to go off and go to college and you know that are deserving of it so it's a pretty cool deal how about my last the last thing i can say about my favorite thing about this this whole thing is you're watching their games and i'm an offensive guy at marathon we run like a uh, rick darlington apopka unbalanced single wing so we love running the ball but at central bucks west those guys really love running the ball they would put like nine guys on the line and have one running back and one quarterback and they'd have like six guys on one side and just slam it to that side every single time, you know? 
Oh yeah. We would check. I mean, we, I remember getting the huddle and first time and we would have two run calls and we'd have checks based off the front. <laughs> and like, that was like really got me ready for like college and how we prepped and how we listened. And they taught me how to eat the right way. And listen, for those who say, you know, listening to this, their kids can't gain weight because they eat a ton. No, they're not eating enough. Right. Two hours, every two hours, peanut butter and jellies, peanut butter and jellies and chocolate milks before bed. If anybody wants to know, you can get my contact through <laughs> you and I'll help them kids gain weight because I learned it from Mike Harry and Absolutely. I put on like 30, 30 pounds in like um, four months with him. And that, like that completely changed my body. And we ran ground and pound power. I didn't yep. change it. We threw a little bit more, but it really didn't change when he came in. And I think it was a good thing because everybody plays a spread offense now and they weren't able to really prepare and stop us. We had three 1000 mm-hmm. yard rushers that year. I, I, I can't like, this is the thing, man. And we're, we're going to go deeper into this now because why doesn't anyone do that? Every single team in the NFL, not the NFL, every single team in college is running the spread. When is some team going to go power eye and force the D? De- because the defense isn't ready for that, man. They're not ready we for that kind Temple. of offense. We did it at Temple. Yeah. We would play USF. We'd play UCF. And they, they had, now UCF had those guys that you're really good. The Grimm oh, brothers, yeah. I mean, yeah. they had some guys. But even USF had some guys. You don't feel them. You're like, wow, that dude's big. But when you would play them, especially at a lower level, you could really bully people. I mean, it wasn't too long ago, Derrick Henry was running at Alabama. Alabama spread out a little bit, probably because of their quarterback. And really, they think the tight end position has a lot to do with it. Right. Who do you have setting the edge for you mm-hmm. versus who you have blocking the edge for you is a big deal. Um, there's really a lot to unpack there. But I, I truly think people are just like on Twitter watching play calls now, and they're trying to spread it out and try new things. and end of the day like you got to line up and just run the ball that's what truly matters it's just so crazy when you think about it how every you know coaches always want to do the same thing because it's safe because coaches always you know i'm I'm a nobody so i can say these things coaches want to do the same thing as everybody else because it's safe and then if it doesn't work then no one can say oh you did something different so you know in the 80s everybody ran i and pro you know everybody had a tight end two receivers two running backs that's what everybody did and now you just see the same stuff especially at the college level with the spread and it's like you know and you could tell tell me if i'm wrong i'm sure when you were at temple Whatever, especially like when you're playing your league games and stuff, when you're not playing over your head, you know those defenses did not want to play that day. And then you're already winning. We were down by three scores at halftime to UCF, and we ran the ball to come back in the game. Yeah. And now we had a walk-off throw by P.J. Walker, and we had a lot of NFL guys on the team, so did UCF. But no, teams weren't ready for it, and they would wear down and wear down and wear down. So I think that's a unique area perspective now Matt rule at nebraska i would keep an eye on that if you're trying to watch old school oh yeah uh i know coach he's going to try to bring back the old school nebraska way he's going to try to bring back what people from nebraska want so if you want to see power eye and people beating the heck out of people uh, tune in to nebraska because i think that's how that's going to shake out this year well that goes back to the flavors of the areas man you know florida is going to be fast northeast is going to be tough nebraska is going to be big 
You know yeah, what I mean? Big corn fed man. Yeah, corn dude. fed. They're gonna have a fullback on their roster. Oh, <laughs> Schlesinger, the guy that they had forever and played in the NFL forever. I can't remember his name. What a beast! Yeah. Tom Rathman from Nebraska, incredible running back. And for a long time, that was like a walk-on guy that would earn it his fifth year. The fullback at Nebraska was such a big deal, you know? Yeah, we had the same thing at Temple. We had, I mean, Mustamp when we were in Florida, he wanted to really be. Yeah, of Alabama type. We run. We got Charlie Weiss was the OC before I got there, and then mm-hmm. Brent Pease. But it run to be power eye and run the ball and play good defense. And and it just, I think, even though we were good for a couple of years there, it just teams were evolving and scoring so many points and high powered. Even yeah. Nick Saban has said it. You know, he he used to. I think the defense he expected to give up was a good day if he gave up like. I think 17 points or less, and now he changed his number to like 24 or less mm-hmm. because it's, the rules, the RPOs just change everything too. Yeah. So you're going to do a whole thing on that. It's just, yeah, it's changing NFL too. Now teams are running. You'll see a ton of that with Philly this week, and then you're going to watch the Niners this week, and you're going to see old school football. So a lot of really fun stuff in the NFL too. All right, last, last bit, I promise. I've been doing this with my students all week, and you're going to do the same game. Are you ready right now? Let's go. Um, I'm ready. Okay. San Francisco. Or Philly? Oh, I can't give my predictions. Easy. I can't do it. No? I'm not, I, because I could work for one of the teams, so I can't. You know, oh, like, that's how it goes. Okay. You know what? I yeah. just I just learned something. I take it all back. I'm not. I can give a little, I'll give a quick tidbit, though, on both. Okay. You're going to, the most talented teams in the NFL are on the field that day. You're going to see an old school offense with the Niners with unbelievable jet motion, outside zone, play action pass. It's going to look like a 90 tutorial with the best athletes on the planet. And then you're going to see the Eagles, which are new modern-day football on offense. Spread it out. Read option. Jalen Hurts. You're going to see the best atmosphere probably in the NFL in Philly. Uh, it's just ridiculous and bonkers. And then defensively, both of the defenses are unbelievably loaded. My opinion, the two best rosters in the NFL. I'll give you that. Why? Explain to me like I'm an idiot why everyone says George Kittles is so good. George Kittle is the best tight end in the NFL, and I think it's not even close. Why? Travis Kel- Travis Kelsey is a Hall of Famer, but I think he's a Hall of Famer. He's a wide receiver. He'll yeah. even admit it. He's not blocking anybody. Travis George Kittle, first off, is a freak of nature. Uh, he's big, strong, and fast, and he's like a string bean. He's lean as, as all get out. He's so explosive as a player, and that offense fits him so well. Talking about the tight end position earlier, what he can do to reach the edge, play the power run game too. Kyle Shanahan really helps him move around and do a bunch of things. He'll catch a pass for two yards and get it for 30. He can catch a pass at 30 and go 60. Um, he's tough. He's physical. He's so crazy. His endurance is ridiculous. He's just a freak um, and a really, really good player. I hear he's an amazing guy. So that's my sales pitch for him. I talked about it on my podcast this week, and I just think he's, I think he's the best in the league. There you go. And then um, any tidbits, Chiefs, Bengals? Yeah. I mean, there's so much to unpack in the AFC. Everyone's picking the Bills, right? And <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden, you know, what happened and how sad, sad that was with DeMar and then, the, you know, everything with, with last week. And they, Miami gave him a great game. I know a lot of people in Kiwi Keys were dialed in on that. Yeah, we were. We love the Dolphins, man. Yeah, they love the Finns, man. They're, they're on the right way. They're on the right trajectory. We'll see what happens this year. Um, I'll give you my prediction when we get off air here, but that's neither here nor there. I can't give it online. But uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But I, I like the game this weekend too with the Bengals. Um, Chiefs, don't get me wrong either. 
Um, they both have amazing rosters. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes chasing like legacy status here with the second Super Bowl. Yeah. And then Cincinnati, yeah. you know, back to back years making it to the Super Bowl is really hard to do. Especially yes. in the division division they play in. It's really tough with the Browns and the Ravens and Steelers. Like they all are really tough and good. So uh pretty impressive with Coach Taylor and, and it's just they're two different situations. Like they're going to be spread offenses. They're going to be moving it around, but you just get clinics from all the coaches of how you're going to do things. So, so watch all the techniques. It's going to be great. So being a Philly guy. Okay. Like seriously, was there ever a more Philly head coach than Andy Reed? And how the heck did they ever let him go? I'll say this. There's probably not a more Philly head coach than Nick Sirianni right here. <laughs> That's true. This guy is unbelievable personality. Uh, yeah, I was, I didn't grow up an Eagles fan. I grew up a Philly sports fan of all the other ones, Flyers, Sixers, Phillies, big time. But um, I didn't grow up a, uh, a real Eagles fan, a supporter, if you will. My mom's best friend, Tim Lewis, who went to Penn Ridge, which is a rival to Central Bucks West. Uh, he's, you know, he coached all around the NFL. So we supported his teams. We'd go to games. He was a first-round right. pick as a player, and then he was a defensive coordinator around the league. So we were constantly at his games. So we were supporting his teams and, um, but it's a great question when they read it. I, I remember we were saying like, what are you going to do? You're getting rid of this guy's going to have a job in a, in a day. And he did Kansas city scooped him up and he's turned their whole deal around. Now the Kansas city's had a great history, but they've gone to big, big heights even before with Alex Smith. Um, yeah. And home sat, sat out his first year. So mm-hmm. he's a great coach. He's a legend. It will be like, it's so good that Philly's kind of, because they were like, oh, we want to move on from Andy Reid, but now they all never, they all, they all say that they never wanted them gone, and they love him, <laughs> and he's a legend. So typical Philly, Philly. great, typical Philly. Like they hate you when they're when you're there, and then they love you when you're gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. gotta it's love a, it. It's a hell of a full sports town. Well, last time, dude, February fourth, Saturday, Truman Waterfront Park, uh, football camp. Be there about eleven thirty. Try to sign up uh, prior. Where do they sign up at? Yeah, you'll just either find the flyer, which has uh, been all over. It's all over. Trying to get it all over town and social media and all that, or just notboardlongmedia.com. That's my media page, and you'll see the football camp link in there and go from there. It's really easy to do. It's not a lot of work. Just your name. They can ask for your T-shirt size or whatever, and that's it. We go We go ahead. Now, Coral Shores, Key Largo, Isla Mirada Marathon, Big Pine, Big Cop at Sugarloaf Key West. Everybody needs to show up down there on February 4th. Colin, uh, what a trip we took, dude. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, that was a hell of a time, man. Thanks for having me. That might been that might have been one of our longest, deepest conversations yet. Colin Thompson, big football camp going on February 4th. Everybody go down there. I found that to be fascinating. I want you guys to check out the last game documentary on YouTube that we talked about that his coaches were in his area. Colin Thompson. NFL Carolina Panthers tight end coming down with a bunch of other NFL players and coaches to have a football camp February 4th. You can Google that. It's on the Key West Junior Football League Facebook and plan on being there. Thank you guys for listening to the podcast this week.